How is it going, everybody? This is Sean Barnes. I want to welcome you to episode 90 of The Way of the Wolf. Our guest today is a woman that goes by Tanya MFK, and I'm going to let her elaborate a little bit on that last name. But before we do, our paths crossed after the episode with Robert Party, which was a great episode, by the way. Tanya is the founder of My Design Life. She helps individuals and businesses kind of grow and scale their businesses and become the best versions of themselves. So after her and I had an initial conversation, I had to get her to come on the show. She started her first business at age 11 and has been supporting herself completely since she was 15 years old. She has lived quite a fascinating life. And so I am truly honored to have her come on the show and share her story and what she does. So Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Um, and yes, so my name is Tanya Marie Figuerspeisinger. Anyone spells that at the first time, I will I will send you something special. But because I know it's long, it's complicated, and super difficult to spell, I go by Tanya MFK. So um, real simple mystery solved right there, but uh, much easier to find when you do Tanya MFK. And I'm the only one in the world, so nice for, for SEO and branding. <laughs> Yeah, definitely great for branding. I would have completely butchered that had I attempted to even say it, let alone spell it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So I usually like to start off. Can you share a little bit about yourself and your story with the listeners and viewers? Yeah, well, goodness, we, we can try to make this as, as much of a nutshell as possible. But um, as you mentioned, you know, I, I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit and fire in me. Um, which really came from necessity, you know, I believe was it um, uh, innovation, was it like the mother of necessity, or what is that? Innovation is comes from necessity. There's some cooler way to say it, you guys can fix that for me. But um, I grew up extremely poor. So living in homeless shelters type poor, um, in case you want to range there. Um, so it was really difficult growing up, um, going through you know school, having to get everything from um, like Salvation Army and things like that to, to um, start our life and to set everything up. And so I think from that, I didn't have what a lot of kids had, and so I was always trying to figure out how to fit in, how to create what I didn't have. And part of that also comes with money. <laughs> how do I create this thing that I didn't have? And so at a very early age, I used to kind of watch my parents and go, well, they go to work. Like, how do they not have my house? It's not coming. And so I started a business. Um, doing babysitting and cleaning and laundry and stuff in our apartment building. I put up the little tabs in the washroom and started getting um, business that way and actually got really busy. I was booked solid through the summer and I was the only, um, what, fifth grader coming back with some nice deep pockets um, into into fifth and sixth grade. So, um, so yeah, I came from that and through that I really was focused on not repeating the life that I had growing up. And so I left home, we could say left home or something at 15 and I was been completely independent for that. And I started work in clinical immunology. So I worked in healthcare and worked in uh, overseeing 36 studies in HIV and AIDS by the time I was 18 years old, which was pretty unheard of. And so I, it really propelled me into 
like this, I, I got to get it all done. Like I have an opportunity, I have a chance. And I went, for, you know, I wanted the American dream like everyone else. So I wanted to have the house and the car and the career and everything just set because I believe that when it was set, I could finally enjoy life, right? I'd be, I'd arrive, I'd be there. And so I worked crazy days and, and I got married at 21 and my, my, Dear husband, um, this will definitely age me a bit here, but um, he put up with all my ambition. He was also in healthcare, but I used to fax him, right? That was gonna age me. I used to fax him from work and I would give him a list minute by minute. I'm not even kidding. Like the whole staff there was, do you think I was crazy? I was crazy. Minute by minute of what we needed to do when we got home. And I mean, like, it was like, you're going to pick me up at this time. It's going to take this long to get home. I put in bathroom breaks. Okay. And they were like three minutes. I was like, no one needs more than three minutes. To go to the and, and in my mind, it was like, we're just going to get all this done. Whatever it was, all of this, right? What I even was that? We're just gonna get all this done so we can finally relax. We can finally enjoy life. The sooner we get this done, the sooner we've arrived, the sooner we're on this path, right? That's what I'm doing. And and I for the longest time, that's where I was. If I wasn't like already doing something by noon, like the weekend was wasted. And that came to a huge wake-up call and screeching halt when on my birthday. March 19, 2005, my husband was diagnosed with stage four cholangiocarcinoma and he was gone four months later. And so if there's anything that wakes you up and if there's anything that all of a sudden shows you that you have time, it's when something like this happens because nothing else mattered. All of a sudden, I had plenty of time to be at the hospital. I had plenty of time to go to the, um, to do research, to go to the appointments, to do all those things. I had plenty of time because it was the only thing that mattered. And so when he passed away, you know, I, I, I mean, there was a huge part of regret to go all this time. We could have just, I don't know, had fun together. And instead the poor guy was getting, you know, three minute bathroom breaks and, and working with me to, to create this life because in my head, I, I had this race, I had to get it done. And the thing is, is as I'm saying this, I know that this is resonating with a lot of people listening because we run into that same pace and that same race. We treat life as a race. And my question to you with that is, what's the finish line if life is a race? Because what I understand it to be is right in the grave and I'm not in a rush to get there. So it's not a race. And it really pushed me too late to start and go, wow, what if I enjoyed life right now? And now I know we hear that, like in, every day, like it's your last, but it seems impractical. How do you do that? I'm ambitious. I want to look at the future. I want to create things. And so that really sparked my journey of how to combine ambition, goals, and future thinking with enjoying the moment right now, every day, with every day being the best day of your life. And I know that sounds super cheesy, but there's a way that we can tactfully and practically create that, not just inspiration, not just go, oh, be here now, but how do you do that? And that's where that journey really began. So that, that's the best nutshell I have. There's so much more though. <laughs> you know, the thing that I find interesting, and it's kind of a similar-ish story to to Robert, and, yeah. and you shared a little bit about how you and Robert have, have connected, but one of the things that I find interesting about that and so unfortunate, I'll say, is that a lot of times in life, 
especially uh, during our formative years as we're growing up. And then we have all of these ideas about life that are instilled in us growing up or just beat into our head growing up. We've got to be successful. I've got to have the, the American dream, the six figure salary, all of those things. And it's not until something so unfortunate and tragic occurs that we realize that that's not what it's about at all. Yeah. And I have a number of guests that come on the show that we talk about this very topic. And it's hard for people to to truly comprehend that level of of tragedy in their lives. And so it's just kind of us talking about, oh, live your best life. Oh, live every day like it's your last type of a thing. And trying to convey the importance of that style of life or living your life in that way can be challenging, but it's something that I, I genuinely am striving to do. And, it, and I know yeah. that that's what you're doing as well with, with everything, all the people that you're coaching and, and working with. So can you share a little bit about what success by design is? I mean, it sounds like the story that you just shared kind of led you in to this yeah. path and passion that you have, but can you share a little bit about what that is? Well, absolutely. And one thing I want to say with that is that whether it's tragedy that wakes you up uh, or the flip side, which is where you actually arrive everywhere that you thought was going to make you happy. You have the six, seven figure income, you do all those things. And, the, and if you go and you spend time with successful CEOs and top leaders, they will tell you that they reach that same situation of going, I'm not any happier. I thought this would be it. And we realize that's not what it's about. And so if we can make the decision to change our life in the midst of tragedy, imagine how much more powerful we can make those changes in our life in the midst of joy. And so I, I would implore you not to wait for the tragedy to wake you up, but recognize that you actually get to design your life. You get to design your version of success right now. And people have not been asked. We weren't in school where they said, okay, math class and now life vision class. Who do you want to be? Not what do you want to be when you grow up, which really just means how do you want to support yourself in this world? I don't care what I do, but who do I want to be? What's the character I want to embody? What is the intellectual goals I have? What are the spiritual goals? What do I think a healthy, good family looks like? What do I think a great uh, partnership or marriage looks like? Who, when have we ever been sat down to go, just take a moment to think about that? And the truth is, is, is we don't unless we've been pushed to tragedy or pushed into some, some you know, crisis in our life to go, wake up. So what I'm going to do is offer people that space in a practical manner. You know, I get it. There's a lot, and I'll say like, there's a lot of places you can go and live in a hut and do those things and have that. I, I had my own version of that as well. When my husband passed away, I went and discovered, I started just saying yes, because I recognized then I didn't want to trade my time for money anymore. It didn't serve me. It wasn't doing anything. So I, I went to the Shaolin Temple and I lived in a temple in China studying Kung Fu for a year. You know, I, I've traveled the world. I've done those things. And if you recall the first part, I grew up very poor. So no, I didn't just come into money, but I made a decision. This is what I want my life to look like. I want my life to involve travel. I want my life to involve discovery. And I was at a blank slate. I was at a point in my life where I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. I had moved back home. 
you know, we spent all the money on healthcare for, for my husband. You know, it was well over $100,000 for what wasn't covered to, to take care of him. So here I am, I'm 25, I, I have debt and I, I, I have no home, I have no job. What the heck am I gonna do? And it, I'm so grateful for that chaos. I'm so grateful for that moment of not knowing because it made me look and go, well, what do I want to do? And so what I want to do is create that space for everyone else. Is how do you, when did the last time you took a moment back and said, what do I really want and what does that look like? Why do I want that as well? Is it really your goal or someone else's? Is it is relationships this way or you think it's every day you're supposed to get flowers just because that's what you saw on TV? Or does it really mean something to you? And really sit and design that. And if life, a good life is really just a series of well-lived days, then a well-lived day is just a series of hours. And so what we come back to is going, if you want to live today like your best day ever, I don't mean that it's, you know, forget it all, I'm quitting my job, I'm going to Disneyland. But how do we make sure that every hour of the day today is accomplishing the things you want to accomplish, but also engaging in the things that you enjoy, spending time with the people you say you care about? How do we create every day to be literally the best day of your life? Because too often what we're doing and what has been honored and so for so long is putting off till later. Don't worry, you'll enjoy life when you're 65. After you're retired, then you can enjoy it. Then you can have the best day of your life. What I learned is I don't know who's all gonna make it to 65. I don't wanna wait. I do not wanna wait. And so again, I came back to, this is really great. A lot of people in the world have this feeling, they've had this, we can scroll Instagram, and my goodness, will you see lots of inspirational quotes. But how do I do it? How do I make it real? And that is where Success by Design really started and my design life, the show as well, is first to identify what we actually believe is success and create our own version of it and then literally design our days, our weeks, our months, our years to fit our version of success in a practical way. Something where you wake up and you go, oh, this is what my day, I'm doing all the things I love today. And again, I get it. Some of the stuff we don't love, but we need to do it. But a sense of accomplishment actually feels good as well. Humans actually thrive. No, it sounds terrible, but we thrive overcoming obstacles. There's a reason why we see a lot of, um, you know, suicide, drug use, depression in people who have everything. Because there's nothing to overcome. There's nothing that feels like it's meaningful. And so even our obstacles, even our have-tos and obligations, those things can bring us joy as well. So yes, it may, your best day of your life may not be that you didn't have to do any work, but you can go, man, that was just a really good day. I had, I had quality time with my family. I went and rode bikes, which I love to do. I painted, and I also took care of all my work stuff that I needed for today. And so that's, that's really, in a nutshell, like what, what that business is about. Yeah. And, and I see that a lot of people get so wrapped up in the day-to-day, -day, go to my job, come home, watch TV, sleep. Go to my job, come home, watch TV, sleep. And they think that because they're chasing that destination, that that, that is the path. And don't always want to take the time, or maybe they don't have the motivation to take the time and actually write down what is important to them in life as, as opposed to just keeping it all up here in this like nebulous type area in your head. It's once you write it down, it starts the process of becoming real. 
And then it allows us to then solve that problem as opposed to just floating around in our head because a lot of people are problem solvers. And when you write something down, okay, now it's real, it's tangible, let's solve this problem and let's start putting some intentionality behind our life in the direction that we're going. Okay, this is what I love doing. Here are the things that I'm passionate about, and here are my goals. Okay, so let's map this out. Let's start three years from now and work backwards from there and figure out what are the steps that have to occur for me to get where I want to be. And then I think that right there helps kind of train people how to focus more on building an intentional life. And and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing or something similar to that. Yeah, it, it is really that. And it is creating the space for them to think about it. And I, I also have a background in applied neuroscience. And so one of the things we talk about is that you, your brain is not a file cabinet. We think, because we have memories, that it's this great file cabinet. It is not. There's a reason why husband or wife says, Make sure you get these three things at the, at the store and you get there and you're like, oh, what were, what were the other two, okay? It's not a file cabinet. And so when it stays there, it's, it, or we try to keep it there, it's fleeting and it gets replaced with other things. There's only so much we can process. So it will not be at the forefront. And so the only way that we can take something that literally does not exist other than in our head and turn it into something physical is by writing it down. You have taken magic things in the air and made them real by writing them down, which is what you said. And, and it's so, so important. But the other thing is we want to look at goals. We want to look at that long term. But I always tell people, I don't want you to delay living your rich life till you are quote unquote rich, because you can live your version of your rich life today. I remember going to work when I worked in immunology and I remember driving down traffic in, in LA and I remember sitting there and at like 8.30 in the morning or maybe even 9, probably because I was late in traffic, seeing like a gal jogging. And I was like, what does she do that she's just jogging on a Tuesday at 9 a.m.? Like this is like, oh, like what is going on? And so, you know, going like, well, how do I create a life that if you like to jog, that you, you get to jog at 9 a.m.? How do you get to do that now? I did not wait till I was successful and where I am now to start traveling. When I decided I wanted to travel, I said, this is my goal. So the things I lined up in my life, the choices I made, the jobs I said yes to, the career path that I chose, all had to, all had one goal in mind, which is, will this let me travel? Will this make the boat go faster? So there's, there's an old story, um, true story. You can go look it up about a British rowing team and they were the underdogs. No one believed they could do anything. They'd lost year after year. Those are the Olympics, right? So they're in the Olympics, the rowing, and they lost, and they were trying everything. They they got the new uniforms that, you know, makes them slick like a duck or whatever. They, the newest paddles, the best boat, the best coaches, whatever those things are, right? I don't know much about rowing, I'll be honest. But that seems to be my theme. I tend to use examples of things I know nothing about. So anyhow, um, they did this, and nothing was working. And they just got to a point, and they said, what is our goal? I said, our goal, I don't care what it is, it's to make the boat go faster, okay, whatever it is. So what they did is every single thing that came across their path, they said, will this make the boat go faster? Will me eating this hamburger make the boat go faster? 
Will me putting an extra hour in and rowing class or whatever they do make the boat go faster? Will me staying up late tonight make the boat go faster? And so everything in their life was aligned to the goal. The goal they chose, not the goal someone else chose, the goal they chose. And they said, oh, this is not going to make the boat. This is going to make the boat go faster. So I love to always come back to that mantra and go, does this make the boat go faster? But if you don't know what you want to do, then it's all just is. And, it, and what happens is life happens to you instead of you designing it. And the truth is, is a good, I'm going to venture to say 85% of the population is letting life happen to them. They've not designed it. They've not chosen. They've not intentionally gone, what do I want to do? So yes, we're going to look at those three. We're going to look at the 90 day goal. We're going to look at the year goal. We're going to look at the three, the five, the 10. But I also want you to make changes in the life for you that serve your best life now. That tomorrow, that yoga you always said you want to do, we make space for it. Those things that we do, we create them just like an appointment. And so this is where it goes from really great ideation to like nitty gritty. Like I, I'm an architect by nature. When I worked in clinical research, I mean, you cross every T, dot every I, it's anal retentive. And man, is that where I thrive, okay? Every detail, everywhere. So, but that's the thing is that it's really beautiful, lofty and inspirational, but then it stops to go, okay, but now what? So we got to look at your real life, your real life. Look. Maybe two hours of yoga, like not everyone's got that. I, you know, I see some of these CEO morning routines and it's like four hours long. Like give me a break. You're not going to be successful by repeating somebody else's routine, which you're going to be successful at your own life by serving the things that you love, by serving yourself to what is going to be best for you and identifying with this. So you get to do that tomorrow. You get to do that next week. And we do it in reality. We go, well, what does my life look like? What, what time do I really have? And when we do this exercise, what we find is a lot of people go, holy crap, I have way more time than I thought. Where the heck's all this time been going? And now we have a choice to make or vice versa. And both of them are good realizations. The other one is, oh my gosh, I have no time. I worked with a client once. She was always very, very stressed. And so we did this workshop, we went through and go, well, like, let's look at the next two weeks, what's really going on. And so like, let's say she has a doctor's appointment. One of the things we do is we call um, task expansion. So if you don't live at the doctor's office, which most people don't, then the task isn't nine to 10, it's, you know, 8.30 because you got to leave, or maybe you got to get ready. So now it's eight o'clock and then you have to get back home. Now that's, you know, 10.30. Now this two and a half, three hour block is taken up by your appointment. So we go through that and we find out what you're really dealing with. I kid you not, she had 15 minutes available for something in her whole week. One set, and I was like, and she was like, this is terrible. I said, this is beautiful. Because first, now you know, all that stress you're feeling, totally legit, totally insane. And now you have a choice to make. You say, this is okay, this is what I want my life to look like, or you say, I'm making some changes. Either one is fine because it's your choice. That's the difference, right? Before that, it was happening to her. Once she moved forward, it, it was happening for her. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that also comes to mind whenever I hear that is, uh, yes, focusing on building an intentional life is, is very important. And the fact that you're documenting everything that's going on in their life, whether they have a ton of free time or no free time at all. And so it's raising awareness. And I think that's something that a lot of people just don't 
focus on much because they're so busy with life happening to them as opposed to focusing on, on building the life that they want. And also the fact that we make time for the things that are important. And while we might think, okay, well, this is important. I'm going to do this. But if life is so busy happening to you and you're just bombarded with life all of the time, it can feel overwhelming to think, oh, my God, how am I going to go jogging at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's important enough to you, you make time for it. You block off from 830 to 1030 because... You need time to get ready. You need time yeah. to take a shower afterwards. You block right. off that time in your calendar and say, hey, this is what's going to happen in my life. And I had a realization event like that probably around maybe 10 years or so ago when I was just killing myself, working 70, 80 hours a week all the time in oil and gas. And I was not healthy at all. I wasn't eating healthy. I was living off of caffeine and energy drinks. And it was just, I was sick all the time. And I, I had this epiphany of, hey, this isn't working for me. I'm going to have to start living a healthier lifestyle. And what I did is I blocked off my calendar from four to six in the evenings and said, I'm going to leave the office at four. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go home, shower, eat, and then I can pick back up doing whatever else I need to do for the day. But blocking off that time, and it was challenging at first because my yeah. boss was like, no, 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 you don't get to leave at four. And the conversation <laughs> was, I really need to do this. I will be online after six. I will do whatever you want me to do. But in doing that, a switch flipped in my head. And I started to come around and see that I was feeling better. I wasn't getting sick as often. I was cutting back on caffeine because I wouldn't be able to sleep. And there are all of these little things that started to, to build. And it turned into a little, uh, like a flywheel effect of just getting better and better. And so that was my trigger. But I had to block off that time in my calendar and realize what I'm doing now is not working. Yeah. So I have to do something. Yeah. You don't need to find the time because something will always come in. And typically what happens is we're, we're living our life on someone else's priority, somebody else's agenda. I always say the inbox is just a place of other people's agendas for you, <laughs> just all of other people's agendas for you. And so what we got to do is come in and go, uh, this is this, I'm setting this time aside. I'm making it practical. It's got to make sense. And I, I'm all for realistic, right? And I think that's what happens in, in the space that I'm in when we look at time is that it gets mixed up with productivity and efficiency. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to get more out of your time. I'm trying to have you spend it with the right things. We don't need to do more. We don't need to constantly produce. In fact, what we're learning and thankfully, slowly it's coming in to the, to the space now of business that we need downtime. We actually thrive and are better workers, better producers when we slow down, break, a break is a business decision, right? It's not a um, slacking off. It is a business decision and it's a really, really smart one. And so we need that downtime or we need the things that are nurturing us and we need to create space for them like you did, a block and respect it the same way we would respect a, a client's appointment or a meeting we have or anything else. That's what we do. And too often people arbitrarily throw it in or they go, oh, sometime today I'll figure out time. It won't happen. We have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There is no someday on the calendar. So you're not going to do it someday. It doesn't exist, right? I have people like, oh, someday I'll go to Italy. No, you won't. 
No, you won't, because someday doesn't exist. If you want to make it real, you got to get to, and this is where I transition from. I'm all for inspiration, guys, but there comes a point when the rubber hits the road, you got to do the real work. The same push and effort to make the life you want. The same effort you put into the life you don't want. All I'm asking is to shift that into the life you do want. So yeah, it's gonna require some tough transitions. It requires you sticking to your guns, but man, what a beautiful, lovely thing to stick to your guns for, right? Like the life you want, the things you want to do. So you can wait for tragedy to wake that up in you, wait for that huge wake up call, or you can hear something like this and go, you know what, I need to take this time. And whether that is coming in you know, or taking an hour. I mean, heck, I got, I have a YouTube channel. We, we've done plenty of life and business vision workshops. You can go watch. We're doing one this Thursday because this is the time of year. We always come and look at our business vision. And I do this with my clients before we look at goals. Don't live to set goals. We do not set goals until we revisit the vision for our business and the vision for our life. And I don't want a bunch of random arbitrary goals that aren't in line with our vision and in line with what we want for the business. So once we identify what we want it to look like, then we go, now what do the goals look like? What does that come and build in? But take that time and just give yourself space to think that honestly, most of us were never given to go, what if it was up to you? Because it is, <laughs> what if it was up to you? Because on your deathbed, I'm gonna tell you guys, you, you won't answer to anyone but yourself, All right? No one's gonna be like, you know what? Good job on that inbox zero. Yeah, well done. You're going to go, oh my gosh, this is it. Did I, did I do the things I wanted? Did I live thoroughly? Did I take the chance? So it doesn't matter. Anyone else, you might think, you're, oh, good job. What do you think? And what do you want? Because you get the chance to do that. That's, that's my soapbox. <laughs> Why do you think it is that people struggle so much with arbitrary goals as opposed to intentional goals? Hmm. We get moments of inspiration. We hear about somebody who says, let's run a marathon. And they go, oh, sounds good. Let me run a marathon. And, and we just, what we do is we take our existing life and we tack a goal on top and we go, well, this will work because I'm motivated. No system, no process. We don't actually analyze our life that we have time and space to do all those things. And this is why I think it's uh, February 19th is the day. Uh, we're 90, oh, 92% of New Year's resolutions are out the window because it, it was just a great idea. You're interested, not committed. And so when you are looking at your, your life and your business and you're going, what am I? It's one thing to be inspired. Like I said, inspiration's great, but then you got to come back and do the nitty gritty work. I'm sorry. And go, do I have time? How does that work? How? And we got to get real analytical in it and really build it in. It's then that the system works. It's then that the process works. It's then that you have the time. And so it's that plus, plus the mindset shift. You know, it's tough because there's a lot of people who go, must be nice. Must be nice to get up and do yoga. And you're like, you know what? It is. It is. But unfortunately, what happens is we're not used to that. We go into that shame spiral and we're still in a society, it's changing, but we're still in a society that says movement is progress. Hustle, 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 keep moving. Oh, you're there 12 hours. Oh, you're there this, oh, look at you. It's still there. The report, did you guys see the um, article or the, the news that just came out of a gal who was 33 years old, died at her desk at Ernst Young. I missed that. Yeah, just, just, just this week, um, this past week it came out. It was in Australia. Um, at one of the Ernst Young uh, buildings, 33 years old, dead at her desk after midnight. 
33, right? Like, man, was that the vision? Was that the goal? We'll remember from this article, but it's already gone. Like, oh my gosh, you know? And so, yeah. So I think that's why I think it's that we we go into it's a great idea. Well, that's a great idea. I'll do that. But even something like a marathon, I promise I'll start rambling off this. But even something like a marathon, right? So I'll work with clients, and um, I <laughs> I always give the marathon example. I am very anti-running, but I'm not against anyone else doing marathons. Okay, but if we give the example of a marathon, right? It's this kind of thing that no one's like, oh, that's a horrible thing to do. But what'll happen is I'll have a client says, my goal this year is to spend more time with my family. Oh, and a marathon sounds really good. Okay. How much time is it going to take to prepare for the marathon? Nothing wrong with the marathon, but I want you to see what that means for your time. And does it leave space for this other goal that you said you wanted? Both good goals. Nothing wrong with that. But what do you want? Because one does take from the other. You, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Our time is finite. And this is why it's so important for us to go, what is important? That word priority, when you say I can't, it's not a priority right now. I have to take care of this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the jugular right now for the parents and stuff out there. So if you go, I gotta finish. I found myself here. I said I gotta finish this thing. It's 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 a priority. I gotta do this thing for work. I cannot spend time with my son right now. Just try switching this and saying it's not important that I spend time with my son right now. And if the statement holds true, you're okay. But if it stings, reevaluate what you're doing. It's the power of language. Yeah. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. I want to shift gears just a little bit. There was a something I came across on your LinkedIn profile, and it said, uh, I'm thankful for profit, but don't count success in dollars. And that resonated with me. That was powerful. And I, I suspect that that has something to do with the life that you've lived. Yeah. But if you could elaborate a little bit on what that means to you Absolutely. and yeah. are you or have you been able to kind of successfully impart that philosophy into your clients that you work with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is that that is the design part, right? Um, I, I'm profit is a wonderful thing. And I think that is a hard thing for us to sometimes wrap our, our heads around, especially those in a, a heart centered space, um, which really is just a whole mindset thing because profit is beautiful and profit does propel impact. The more profit you have, guess what? The more you can do. <laughs> and if you're there with a good heart, better that you have the profit than maybe someone that doesn't. So profit propels impact. And I absolutely like having profit, um, you know, I, I support my family through that and all of those things, but um, but it is the lifestyle that I, I've chosen, that I've designed for myself, and that, that I get to live that every day is just, I have to say, I've been really hyper, hyper aware, even lately, um, I mean, I try to be often, but lately about how, I don't wanna say lucky, because it wasn't luck, we designed it, um, but how, how much this has worked out that 
I do get to have the life that I want, that I have the, I'm in the entrepreneurial world, the freedom, but I do. You know, my son was sick on Sunday and Monday, and I, there wasn't even a question. I just took the day off, did the thing I needed to do, took care of him, was there for him, I was able to switch the things around. Um, we saw great tickets that were on a good price to go to Thailand in December. We're gonna go for the whole month, because I've designed a business that I can travel. I've purposely chose my son's school, one that will accommodate long-term travel, one that will work. See, all the things have been designed because I knew my goals. I knew what I really wanted. Now, you may be like, travel, schmabble, I don't want any of that. Fine. And there's nothing wrong if, like, it's the Maserati. But what you do is you start to recognize what are the things in design in life that I can have that Maserati. I can have the thing and make it real. And so... That is really the thing there as far as like designing it, that the life that I've created is so intentional, so specific to me of how I want, right? Like I, I still got some old car where like every time we think about getting a new one, we're like, yeah, tickets to a new place, right? You know, my husband and I are talking about maybe going to Ecuador for six months and, and just living there and see what that's like for a while. And, and that's the lifestyle I've chosen. And so similarly with my clients, it's, it's this work, it's the business and life vision. And when I say business vision, it, it goes from your the impact you want to have to what does your daily life look like? When you transition to a leadership role, what are the only things you want to do? Some people want to work their business their whole life. They love that. They're the technicians of it. They're like, I want to be doing this as long as I can. And there's others who go, you know what? I want to get to a point where I just show up and I only teach lessons or I only do this. Or maybe they completely step back. We want to understand what that business vision is. But first we start with the life vision. I always tell people, build a business around the life you want. Okay? You can make almost any business successful, right? Pet rocks were big business in the 70s, okay? Chia pets. It's coming back, right? Like, don't tell me, oh, I had to pick this because it's what made sense. No, no, no. Pick the lifestyle first. The lifestyle first. And we can build whatever business is around that lifestyle. What makes the most sense? Do we need to outsource things? We need to create that. So we do that and then build around very focused in alignment, right? I had a client come to me once and she said, I'll do whatever it takes. I hate Twitter, but if you tell me I gotta do Twitter, I'll tweet all day. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not how we work here. Every strategy works. They really do. The sleazy ones, the cheesy ones, the really good ones, the complicated ones, the simple ones, they all work. But usually it's with the person who's really in it, the person who's aligned with it. So if you ask somebody to go be sleazy and they're really sleazy, man, they're gonna knock it out of the park, okay? <laughs> you ask somebody who's not and go, hey, do this, and they don't feel comfortable saying or messaging or whatever, they're gonna do terrible. Same strategy, not aligned. Not aligned with one, aligned with the other. And so it's not about that, it's about understanding who you are and we build that strategy around you, we build that strategy around the life that you want, and then we go into practical, because I am a systems gal, man, I love systems and processes. So we get real serious and practical, like we build out a year product, and we get, we get nitty gritty. But we do that with you, because that's taking the dream into reality, right? But first we gotta be clear on what the dream really is. I had a client once who, um, she was like, I wanna speak on stages. I want to speak on, that's what I'm going to write my book and I want to speak on stages. And I challenged her and I said, so why do you want to speak on stages? And she, she had to come back to me and she came back. She's like, you know what I realized? I actually don't. It's just what everyone says you're supposed to do. You get a book, you write a book, you go speak on stages. She's like, I really just want to coach people. I'm like, okay, well then let's make the strategy moving you towards coaching people and not towards getting you on stages. But she had never questioned why it was that her goal. Was that hers? No, it's just what you did. So she thought that's what I did. 
but again, that space, that space to just sit back and go, huh, it's so powerful. And in this go, go, go life, we've, and not just that, it's go, 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 but let's be honest, I said in the beginning, none of us were taught to take this time. None of our parents, if you, I mean, maybe, hopefully you had amazing parents and they guided you and did all those things. I didn't have that, but maybe you had that. And they were like, Hey son, here's how to be a good husband or here's how to be a good dad or Hey daughter, this is how you do those things. But yet I guarantee most of them to say, and make sure every couple months you step back, think about the life that you want. And here's four questions to ask yourself. And here's how you check in that you're being aware because most of us were not taught to create that space. We weren't to create that idea. We were really pushed from a very young age to figure out what you're going to do to make money. We ask four-year-olds, what do you want to be when you grow up? You want to be a fireman? Want to be a policeman? How do you want to make money? We ask four-year-olds that. We don't think it's as bad as it sounds, but it's horrible. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. Who cares what they want to be when they grow up? What do they? Who, who do they want to be? And then, again, don't even ask a four-year-old. Just let them be, okay? Just let them be. What is the, the biggest thing that people struggle with when shifting this mindset? And then the follow-up question is going to be, what does this process look like in terms of how long it takes for people to shift that mindset? I would say the biggest issue is actually expectations because they want it... They, I think, again, if you're in this space of like, you know, overachievers, you know, you're here, you're, if you're listening to a podcast like this, like you're not a lazy person, right? You're not like, eh, I'm going to eat Cheetos all day. You're, you're already trying to do something to enhance who you are and your performance and your business. I mean, that's why you're here, right? So we don't work with those kind of people. And in that space, what we see is a lot of glory given to like, I meditated for 365 days and this is what I learned. I did this every single day. I love that. Consistency is great. Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, great book, all those things, okay? But what happens is we change this process and they start beating themselves up. Oh, I missed this thing I wanted to do. I didn't get to yoga today. Oh, I'm terrible at this. Throw that crap out the window, right? You might have four things you want to do every morning. If you did one, you're already living a better life than you were before. You're already making space for yourself. So it will take time. Don't beat yourself up in the process. Um, and that's what I would say the biggest issue is because most of it, when they go through our program, we have a specific pro uh, course to teach this exact type of scheduling and method. Um, it's called um, time design or success schedule. And so it's very practical. Um, again, it's not like, oh, let's just figure it out. No, no, we walk you through every step, every hour of your days. And I know it sounds like law, but it's really, really easy process. So most of them have these huge aha moments and go, oh my gosh, like this, this is great. But it's once they start in the execution, they want to beat themselves up because they get really excited, like, oh, I'm going to do it. And then they miss, you know, one day they eat a taco and then they're like, oh, the diet's ruined. You're like, no, this is this is a lifestyle. We're OK. Um, so in terms of what the process looks like. So, I mean, there's there's different things. Right. So I, I do one to one coaching. We have an entrepreneurial accelerator, uh, ex, um, accelerator group. That's a 12 month membership. But then we have this core product. Every single one of my clients have to go through this course because it is about time design. Doesn't matter if I come up with the best strategy, the best process, I write it all out, if you do not have time to do it. Or if your mindset is so cluttered and worn out from the way that you live your life that you just can't even, you're, you're, you're ready to topple like a Jenga game as soon as one little thing goes wrong. It's pointless, 
It's pointless to do that if your mind and time is not in the right space. So they have to go through this first. Um, it's a huge part. Sometimes I get a lot of blowback. I had one client who was like, why can't we meet? Like she was, she was borderline upset. And now she laughs. She's like, I'm so glad you made me do that. I'm so, I was so frustrated, but I wouldn't have been able to handle all this awesome stuff that we're doing if I didn't figure out how I'm living my day-to-day -day life. And so particularly with um, time designer success schedule, we're in the process of some rebranding. Um, when we're doing that is we first, the first step is to start with awareness. All right, so I'll do this as quick as possible. So the first thing I start with awareness. Um, so what we do is we actually look at your next two weeks of your real life right now, and we write everything down. What we call have tos and obligations. And so what we do is we, we mark out, like I have to wake up. A lot of people don't think they have a morning routine. It may not look like Tony Robbins. Hopefully it doesn't, honestly. But the truth is, even if you're doing nothing, you're doing something. You have a morning routine. Your morning routine might be rolling out of bed and scrolling Instagram for 20 minutes, but it's still a routine. All of us have one. Um, all of us usually get out of bed or sit up or, you know, change out of our clothes or, you know, again, that's debatable. But there's some version of a morning routine that we come and do. And you're doing one already. And what we do is we actually start to map it out. We go, well, what is it? And people go, like, this is so weird. Like, how long does it take you to brush your teeth? Like, I never thought about this. But we do it. And we and there's people who go, oh my gosh, like my morning's an hour and a half. I never even thought about that. And so we start to block it out like it's an appointment. Oh, from 7 to 8.30 is my morning routine. The one they have, not the ideal oh, one, just the one that's real right now. And then we, we continue in real time, like tomorrow. What are you doing tomorrow? When is that client? Do you do anything to prepare for that client? Oh yeah, I have to do that. Okay, so it's actually longer. Task extensions, we go through all of it and we map it out for two weeks. And what we find out is where's the spaces? Where is there something that's not already spoken for? Because those spaces, that's where your someday exists. That's where all those goals, those dreams, they exist there. And so you identify, do I like the amount of space that I have left for my dreams and my hopes and, and everything, or is it terrible? So we come to that realization and we, we see where we're at and what we're really dealing with. And once we come to there, we go, well, what would I like my ideal morning to be like? And what would I like my ideal evening to be like? Because a good morning routine actually starts with a powerful evening routine. And so if we're not starting at the night, your morning's going to suck, okay? I don't care how motivated you are. It's going to feel terrible. So we have to look at our, our evenings. How are we ending our evenings, our mindset in the evenings? How are we starting our mornings? So we look at those processes to improve. And then once we go through that and we start to design our ideal life in the midst of our real life that's happening, we end up building a plan over the next 30 days of your real life, your real time. You have a wedding coming up, we, it's in there. You have some out, it's in there. But we teach all the concepts in there because once you've done it and mapped it out for 30 days, it's a skill that you're able to take with you for the rest of your life. So I don't care if you've not, you're not gonna do a business. Um, we've worked with moms, we've done this with high school students, we've done this with doctors in residency who are learning everything about health and burning themselves out at both ends. So we've done this really to teach them, everyone how to go, how to create balance, how to create the, and design the life and the space they want. And also to have that awareness of like, whoa, this is a bomb waiting to go off. Or, or the vice versa, like, man, this is so, how, I feel so stressed. And I'm like, where's all these hours of time? It's the saying I have, because we don't know where it's going. And so that's really the simplicity of it, uh, of the process. But again, the difference is that it's a skill and unlike most productivity tools and things out there, what they do is they demand that your schedule that you've created 
does not get messed up. And I don't know how your guys' lives are, but my life doesn't seem to listen to my plan all the time. So I had a different plan on Monday and my son was home with a fever, all right? So what we do is we actually teach you how to ebb and flow because we know that life doesn't do that. Life will change. It something happens, something changes. And what happens then is people just end up with this pile of to-dos and go, I don't know what the heck to do with that. Well, we teach you a specific process of how to assess those each day and make room or delay or, or give up even some of those things. So you're continually moving forward, not just creating a backup because that, that's what happens. These other ones, they get overwhelmed. They're like, okay, but my day didn't go as planned. And now I have these eight other things to do. And now it just feels chaotic. And then you're back to square one. So we like to say that we deal with scheduling and reality. So it's a balance of structure and the ability to adapt and figuring out that balance and what makes the most sense for you in your life. Yeah, yeah. No cookie cutter. No. The process works for everyone, but it's still going to be very specific to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is the thing that you are most proud of? Oh, um, I'm going to say, even though this is very, it's very personal, but I'm extremely proud of the life that I have created to put a roof over my head for my family. I am the sole provider of our family. Um, it, it's just me. It's doing this. And having grown up with the, the difficulties that my mom had, being in homeless shelters, all of those things, that I'm able to provide the life that I provided for my family um, solely through things that have come out of my own brain, which is just mind boggling to me. When you look at being a coach, you're like, this is just stuff in my head. And it's, I mean, yes, I've had some lots of training, but um, it's still just amazing to me that it's just, it's just me, you know, in the end. Um, but I know you said most important, but like, I have to split that with saying the outer side of it is um, I have made it a rule to only work with people that inspire me. And so when I work with someone, I fiercely believe in them because I've made a choice to only work with people I fiercely believe in. And because of that, every conversation is so invigorating and it's so life-giving because I'm in it with them, right? This isn't just a, hey, get them in, get them out. Like, man, if you don't inspire me, I wish you the best of luck, but man, I'm not for you. And like keeping those standards in that process has, has created, enabled me to be completely surrounded with people who are extraordinary and they're doing incredible things. And that is more than having clients. That is really the service back to me that keeps me going. So it's like I've built in like my own coach <laughs> through having my, I mean, I have coaches as well, but through my own clients, because man, I, they're doing incredible stuff. They're doing, they're been doing way cooler stuff than I am, but I get to be part of it. I, I get to celebrate with them. Like I have created such an amazing circle for myself and to boot, I'll throw this out. I'm in Czech Republic. Most of my clients I've never met in person, right? I'm originally from the U.S. Cali girl through and through. If you notice the accent, I'm, I'm totally Cali girl, but I'm in Czech Republic. So the fact that I'm able to connect with these humans and have this ability with people online is just absolutely mind boggling to me. And I'm so incredibly proud of what we've created and the people who feel so served and taken care of. Um, every time I get a message back, I'm like, oh, I guess I am good at this. <laughs> and that feels really good. 
Now, that's an approach that I admire and respect and something that whenever you and I spoke before is something that's also important to me because I don't want to invest my time in helping somebody if they're not truly invested in helping themselves. I don't care how much they're paying me. It's not worth it because it's truly just a waste of my time. The purpose of me working with clients is to work with people that genuinely want to be better and are willing to put in the work yeah, to be that better. Bias for and, action. <laughs> yeah. And, and I found that usually people will just kind of opt themselves out. And one little trick that I use, I'm going to give it away, is, is I have them schedule the meetings. All right, let me know when you're ready again. And nine times out of 10, those that are not truly committed, they just don't schedule as well, they schedule less and less and less. And then they just kind of opt themselves out, which works out well for me, because it's it's never fun to have a conversation and say, hey, you know, there's not really much alignment here, wish you the best, maybe refer you to, to somebody else type of a thing. But I, I definitely respect and admire your approach to that, because I think it helps build a strong relationship between both parties with trust, and the opportunity to share that excitement in the wins. Yeah, because you know, I, I'm here talking strategy and business with a lot of them. Yes, we go into time design and kind of your, your life design, of course, of, of your bigger goals, but daily nitty gritty stuff. I mean, I'm, we're looking at their content development, all this kind of stuff. But the thing is, is that they, I, I get to be so involved and connected with them and see what they want and see what they're going for and understand what they're capable of that they're even though we're talking business who they are informs their business it informs how they act how they work how they how they how they produce and how they do things and so i'm i'm in their lives and if i'm in their lives i want to be with people that i am truly willing to like to believe in, to cheer for. Not someone like, oh, it's that person again. You know, like that's a terrible way to feel. And and it, and it happens in the beginning. And, and truth be told, there are plenty of great coaches out there whose goal is to teach people why they need to do something differently. And so I will defer to those coaches to say, good, you convince them or work with them, show them the light. And then once they're ready to walk in the light, I can help them structure that. But I'm not here to convince them. Once they're ready, man, you you have a track record of success behind you and you're ready for action. I'm not here to convince you to put in the effort for yourself. So you work with me. If you get overwhelmed easily by making things happen, I am not the coach for you. Um, uh, we are, we're going to activate, we're going to, we're going to motivate, we're going to get those things going. But if you're like, I don't know, I'm there's somebody awesome out there for you. Don't give up, but it's just not me right now. <laughs> what is the main takeaway that you would like the listeners and viewers to have from this show? Your someday starts today. Short and sweet. I love it. Anything, you know, anything you say someday to doesn't exist. So go and give it a real date and a real time on a real calendar. Make it real. Yeah. Because there's no someday. Yeah, exactly. Okay, thank you so much for this. This has been an incredible conversation. I knew it would be based on our first call that we had together. What is the best way for people to reach you? Well, as you know, I'm Tawny MFK. I am the only one in the world. Really great for Google search. So you can um, just Google me, Tawny MFK. My website, Tawny MFK, shows all the offerings that we have. We also have a YouTube channel with lots of 
free trainings. We do free workshops regularly. So if you're on LinkedIn or on our Instagram, we're constantly posting what we're doing. As I said, in fact, this Thursday we will be, um, not sure when this will come out, but we are, um, we're doing our live vision, but every single week I'm training and we open up our private client training, just the training part. We do other stuff, but just the training we do open for visitors to come and see what it's like to be in an environment of these incredible humans doing extraordinary things and also to learn and up level your skills. Um, but again, bias for action, somebody who is focused on transformation. And when we say transformation, it's a human centric business. So I don't care if it's soap or cakes or your coaching or you're there to empower people, as long as you care about the bottom line of supporting another human. So if that's where your focus, where your business is, regardless of the product, you're in the right space with us. If you want to sit my ties and have nothing to do with your business, there's really great people out there who will teach you that. Um, it's not me, but we can come in and check that out. Um, so if you're ready to get deep and do some real work, like that's that's what we're about. But Tani MFK, um, all those channels, except Twitter, not tweeting, sorry, um, is where you can find me. All right, that sounds fantastic. So for all of you listening or watching, the contact information for Tanya will be in all of the show notes. I would ask if you take 20, 30 seconds out of your day to like and subscribe and leave a review or leave comments on this episode on YouTube. I have no doubt that all of you got a tremendous amount of value just as I did in having this conversation. That is all we have for today. Thank you so much. 